Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Middle of the Row, the podcast. Today, we will be talking about Happy Death Day. But before we do that, does anybody else have anything they'd like to talk about? Uh, I guess I can go first this time. Um, I have one thing. I feel like I did other things this week, but I don't remember most of them because I've been so consumed with uh, lore. I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago when I talked about um, Bizarre States, the podcast. But Lore is a similar podcast in that it's supernatural and paranormal based. But what's interesting about it is that, or it's made by Aaron Mankey, and what's interesting, or at least good about it, is that it's it can cover all audience bases. Like you don't actually have to be a believer in anything paranormal, ghosts or goblins or anything. Because he'll talk about superstitions and, like, where um, all this stuff, like, it's place in history. But he'll also throw out random stories. But, like, okay, so a couple of examples. One thing for the whole historical thing is, like, did you know that, I forgot what decade it was. This is how great I am at taking notes. But Mercy Brown is the name of the first American vampire. And she was considered a vampire because back when tuberculosis was first, like, a huge thing in the colonies. I can't remember where this was but it was somewhere east but um they believed that like people from the graves could steal the life essence from the the family members of theirs that were still living so they would go through all the bodies of the family members that had been buried and see if because they didn't know a lot about decomposition back then so it's like if someone looked like they were still too lively they would take out their heart and liver and then burn them and that's how they thought they would kill the vampire and it didn't work gotta cover your bases yeah you know but it's also fun because like if you do enjoy the paranormal and supernatural stories then they're all there are also just the fun stuff like he talks about um the jersey devil there's this creepy doll called robert the doll that is terrifying and one of my favorite things is that in world war ii pilots believed in like gremlins and there are numerous accounts of pilots seeing them on their planes like hitting them with tools and stuff and trying to make all their just the gadget or not gadgets but like all the dials and stuff like that not work and break the engines and it's just ridiculous how many accounts of things like that happened back then even Lindbergh you know famous St. Louis Lindbergh he even has stories so it's pretty interesting just to learn all these different things but the reason I bring it up this week is because he recently released a book and a TV show on Amazon Prime. There, th- are, there were six episodes. Like, if you consume all of it like I do, there's a lot of overlap. You'll hear the same stories numerous times. And sometimes the details change, which I'm kind of confused about. It's like maybe through research or something else, he discovered that maybe he was wrong before. I don't know. But it's, it's just really interesting. I recommend it to, like, a wide range of audiences, not just someone who loves all that stuff like I do. <laughs> Actually, side note, I think I did watch like a, a kind of short snippet or excerpt on YouTube, Lauren, and mm-hmm. I think he was actually he was talking about um, one of the potential origins for Western civilization's uh, distrust or suspicion about uh, inanimate objects coming to life, particularly <laughs> yeah. like ventriloquists and those kinds of things or dolls, like you mentioned. And they mentioned this very specific uh, ventriloquist artist. I forget what time period he was in, but his relationship with his ventriloquist dummy. Oh and yeah. Sort of how he treated this uh, puppet kind of like it was a member of the family or like, it Oh was yeah. That's son. in one of the episodes in like, so it's really interested, interesting because he, tre- uh, he treated that um, his doll basically better than his own daughter and well, she wasn't she was like left out of the will and he gave everything to this doll and you go on to later it's revealed that the daughter is Candace Bergen but yeah it's really fascinating and I lear- I'm learning a bunch of random stuff like I always knew that there was that thing where when people were buried back in the day they would tie like string to their toes so if they woke up in the grave because you know it wasn't as random as you would think that people were buried alive and so, like, their toes would wiggle and the bell would ring. So the grave digger, or not the grave digger, but the groundskeeper will know someone's alive. And I guess that's where the um, Save by the Bell statement came from. Mm. I wish I wish the show would have got into that. It's very fascinating. Oh, did you watch it? No. no. 
like oh, screech right. buried in the underground and he oh. saved my <laughs> wow that went over my head <laughs> so yeah that's pretty much all i've been doing just a lot of lore consumption um so i had friday off which was nice so i started up no, it was not two. nice. You had Friday off because beautiful, beautiful yeah, Northern wait, California. Is okay? Yeah, we no, we're fine. <laughs> well, I'm saying it's nice that I had the day off because I wasn't feeling great. And like, I was inside my room. I it's awful for a lot of people. I had time <laughs> off. Uh, when I played The Evil Within Two, which came out that day, uh, I'm three or four chapters into it. I gotta say, it's kind of disappointing. I really liked the first one. Um, but this one just isn't catching me really. Uh, I also I also watched um, a Christmas horror comedy called Better Watch Out, which uh, is this you know older teen is babysitting a younger teen, and um, their house gets broken into, and there's a pretty interesting twist on the traditional home invasion movie, which I thought was pretty interesting. I really liked it. Um, definitely worth seeing. But maybe wait until it's the holidays. I don't know. Uh, I've been. Yeah, if you like to celebrate Christmas with murder. Hey, hey. Maybe. <laughs> um, I also watched uh, The Descent for the first time in probably five or six years. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, but I, I feel like the ending was a little a little weird for me. Uh, Which ending did you see? Can I spoil it or like I mean I I don't know if it's a fucking ten or fifteen year old movie. Which one did you? Okay, see? Uh, I, I'm curious she, to talk so, about. It okay, so she she escapes. So she yeah. so she hits she hits the the woman who was cheating on her husband yes. with her. Uh, she hits her in the leg, leaves her to die. Uh, falls briefly, hits her head gets up um, and then basically makes it out and is in her car and then she turns and her dead friend is in the car next to her. It's kind of like, hmm. what? And then, I mean, it looks like she's waking up back in the cave, but I can't really tell because it's just like her eyes open for a split second then it cuts to black. Oh, I so think maybe I do. Like... Like, the ending I remember is she wake, she's actually in the cave the whole time and that's how it ends, like super sad. Yeah, that's that's messed up. Well, I can't like yeah, I can't remember which one was the alternate. I thought the real ending was when she was in the cave, but the real ones when she escapes. I mean, I I I don't know. I just watched the unrated. Yeah, if you just watched it, I don't know. It's the unrated, you know, edition. I think the R-rated version. It's she has the vision in the car, according to Mm -hmm. IMDb, and then you're supposed to. The, so there, there's the R-rated version, apparently. That's not the one you said you watched. You said you watched the unrated one, right? So just based on what you just said, the two oh. endings are different depending on the rating? Yeah. Yes, I, mean, maybe, that's, yeah. I thought I watched the unrated one. Maybe I didn't. I, I was pretty sure. Hmm. The U.S. ending just removes the final 30 seconds. Mm. So she gets away. Yeah, it's terrified by her and her ghost. See, so that's guess, the one. It's like yeah. her ghost is in the car next to her. She just turns and wakes up, and that's it. Um, but uh, anyway, anyway, um, I also watched another movie I hadn't seen in an equal amount of time, which was The Strangers, which is a movie that really freaked me out the first time. And I remember how it ended. I remember the gist of it, but I forgot most of the the meat of the movie, and it's still just super scary. Uh, it freaked me out. Is that on Netflix? Uh, it's on HBO. I don't know if it's yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, I was going to say, it's HBO. Oh, no. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then I played through uh, Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy Episode 4. Uh, that's probably the strongest episode they've had so far. I really, really liked it. Any Anything more to say about it? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to give anything well, away because, well, and again, I mean, it's like... Well, you give a basic synopsis. Well, yeah, you got... The Guardians are basically trapped in a cave, um... And this one focuses on Drax in particular, like his background. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's um, what I was curious about because it seems like all the episodes are doing that. Yeah, like focusing on one guardian. Because I mean, I, I think the next one, at least by the picture it has, is going to be Groot, which I'm, I don't know how <laughs> nice. that's. Gonna, well, I don't know how that's going to work because he doesn't speak. He just says, "I am Groot." Well, yeah, but, but he still has experiences. Yeah. Um. I think this was Mantis's strongest bit so far. She was phenomenal. Um, 
I I teared up probably two or three times in this <laughs> episode. It's like it it's hilarious, but it's also really just kind of heart wrenching at times too. John. Um, what have I seen this week? So you wrote uh, it down after watching uh, your interactions with uh, I Hate It by I Love It podcast. <laughs> um, who they're from Toronto, by the way. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I never knew that. Um, why? Why would you know that? It's a random podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you've talked about. It, well, so I know, but I, I don't go I into feel... their background or where they're located. Just that they're. Oh awesome. yeah, I feel. I guess I just feel weird for I guess not looking them up. But I started Riverdale season two. Um, <laughs> I actually, I know at the end of my review that I wrote for the website, which you can find at middleofrow.com. Your review for a first season? For the first season, yeah. I know I said that I was only really going to watch it because the characters were attractive. <laughs> but I actually really had zero, like when it came back, I had zero incentive and desire to watch it. Un- <laughs> until you guys, I remember, were posting in the in the group chat or whatever about how they're going to connect it to the Sabrina universe. Potentially. Yeah. That's pretty much the main reason I'm watching still. And that's, that's crazy. So I might, yeah, I might be interested, they, but there was so, was that, I thought they were going to do the zombie thing soon too. Well, that's possible. They might've been guessing at that since they're bringing Sabrina in. It's like, if mm-hmm. they do that, why can't they also do zombies? Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is so bad. Like I, I posted that uh that other shot from the season premiere where <laughs> the shot outside the hospital has the sign this like the street sign that has the big H on it to indicate hospital. It's conveniently right in front of the actual H for the hospital sign where it says hospital. And it it just looks so dumb. Um, oh, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> oh no, it look it looks it's it's so stupid. I was just like, there's no point to this. It's just like sh- set up that way so what it are you looks talking artsy. About? It's super clever. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, look, I'm gonna put another sign with an H yes. on it in front of the hospital yeah, sign. Yeah, I think the show thinks a lot of itself like oh my god like i hated so much when the pussycat or josie and the pussycat show up at the hospital and like the main thing of the show is like at the end of last season someone gets shot and so this episode's all about that person being in the hospital and whether or not they're gonna survive and the pussycat dolls come in and they're like oh so and so we're so worried for him he can have one of our lives though since we have nine something like that it's like are you seriously being on brand right now to it's like it's not it that's a joke you can't say things like that to someone who might be dying see yeah. i saw a few episodes of that first season of that show and I would say the tone of the show definitely seemed like they knew exactly what they were making. It didn't. Yeah. Like, no, just that well, comment, though, didn't fit with uh, the episode. It goes it goes back and forth, though, Zach, where sometimes it feels like, yeah, they kind of know what type of show they're making. And then there are times where it's just like, okay, but this is this is this might be in tone, quote unquote, in tone, but it's beyond enjoyable. Like, um, so... That's where I am with Riverdale. Oh, well, there was another moment that just anytime, anytime a teenager condescends to their parents, I like cringe. Um, the ending of that episode was stupid because what was the, I guess I shouldn't spoil it, but I just didn't see the point to the end of it. I don't even um, remember it. That's how, there were, that's how great it was. Oh. Oh, the other thing I was thinking, like, I get that this is supposed to be, Oh, I remember now, and yeah, why did they have to bring that person back? Just to, exactly. Anyways, (laughs) we're done. No spoilers. Um, I remember thinking, again, I get this is a neo-noir take, like a Twin Peaks-esque version of a teenage uh, dramedy or soap opera or whatever, but you look at, especially in the hospital... And you look at the way the nurses are dressed, and you're just like, where the hell is this town that it's so backwards? Like, all these kids have... Jughead has a freaking MacBook, for Christ's sakes. Like, it's it's just so inconsistent. What's wrong with a MacBook? I think they're, they're wanting to go with a timeless but modern look. 
so yeah so that's it, what um the it follows show. does that really well like it follows doesn't feel modern but then that girl's got her little reading thing oh, yeah this it is, did that this... well it didn't do being a good movie well but... oh hush that was so this good a... <laughs> nope zach this is way beyond that in the sense of like not just it captures a tone but the way the characters are dressed so the nurses in the hospital are dressed like old school candy stripers or something like See, that. See, I don't mind it. I like the look. And it's never bothered me. I just, I find it inconsistent to the point of just like, what? There's no actual town in America that's like this in the modern day. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's, it's like, supposed, not to, supposed be Riverdale. to be Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, its own town. It's, it's its own thing. It's like a messed up, ver- it's like a messed up modern day version of Pleasantville, kind of. It's, uh Riverdale's the worst. Don't watch it. Although you should probably watch it. <laughs> like it. the main reason I'm watching it is so then when the I hate it but I love it podcast talks about it and like at the end of the season I can enjoy it because I'll know what they're talking I want, about. Uh, I want to talk to them more about it too. <laughs> from Toronto. Ugh, I love people from Toronto. Don't ruin anyway. them for me, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also been watching The Good Place, which is awesome. I love it. It's kind of got this tone of Better Off Ted. So it's super quirky and super whimsical. That's the one with um, the yeah, Kristen Bell, Kristen Bell, Bell Ted Danson, yeah. and a bunch of other. Where are you in the actors show? and actresses? Where saying. are you in the show? Um, episode six. I want to say. I think say. that's like as far as I got. You should keep so watching. I'm not super. Far. I, I would get I, the second season has been. It's crazy what they're doing in the, the first three episodes of the second season. It's unlike anything I've ever seen on a television show, to be honest with you. So I, I also like that I was trying to compare it to previous shows that have this fan, like this mythology and this fantasy and this lore behind it. And that's one thing that I like about The Good Place. It's dropping subtle hints that there is this bigger backstory or lore behind it and how this whole world and universe works which is great and it was kind of reminding me of lost or once upon a time um and it seems intentional too like i know a lot of people with lost and once upon a time can kind of feel like oh those writers were just oh making i'm, it I'm up with as you on one of those long. shows <laughs> um one of those shows i actually like more than the other despite claims for making up as you go along um but, yeah, I really like it. One thing that's been kind of weirding me out, so William Jackson Harper, who plays Cheaty, who is, uh, he's quote-unquote Kirsten Bell's soulmate in the afterlife, but there's a lot of layers to that. Um, he's a great actor, and I'm glad he's on this mainstream uh, network television sitcom. But every, every time I hear, every time I see him on screen, I just think that Malcolm Barrett would have also been perfect for this role. And he was, uh, what was his name on better off Ted? Um, he was the black scientist on better off Ted. <laughs> I forget his name anyways, but he was awesome. And I loved better off Ted. And I thought everything about that show also whimsical and also lighthearted and also really good message and morals as well. Um, yep. Sleep yeah, with but your it's, boss. No, well, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, Malcolm Barrett was. There were so many act. I mean, Portia de Rossi obviously was probably the biggest name there. Um, I forget what the. I forget what his shoot his romantic interest name was. Shoot, and she was actually a pretty big name as well. She was. I don't know. I don't remember her being a yeah. big name. Uh, it was something like Portia de Rossi is pretty much the only one I remember the name of yeah and I mean she's got from Arrested Development and uh, being married to Ellen like she's got a lot of um, accolades but okay (laughs) being married to Ellen is an accolade (laughs) oh for sure for sure or maybe I should say uh, recognition or recognizability Andrea Anders was the love interest Andrea I was just about to say yeah so Oh, I guess not. No. Her top four IMDb thing is not very inspiring. Although I've been wanting oh, to see the Malcolm class Barrett. for a while. He's great and timeless. Is he? Uh, so that's another thing I need to watch. I didn't watch Timeless. But yeah, he was amazing in Better Off Ted. Um, his 
he was the kind of straight man to Jonathan Slavin's Yeah, he's film. a little busy. He can't be in the other in uh, uh, the one we're talking about with Kristen Bell. Yeah, but he was. Uh, he's so good. I love him. He's also an actor too. Or uh, I hope he's, he's an, an actor. actor. <laughs> if you didn't, if you didn't know, he was an actor. Um, oh shoot, he was in the Hurt Locker. Um, no, he was. He's a rapper too, and he's got a great video for the song Revenge of the Nerds, which features the cast of Better Off Ted, and it's actually, it's really good. It's pretty good hip-hop, so I would check that out. Zach, you got anything? Oh, I hate to be, but run through stuff, but I don't want to take up too much time. I've watched the first four episodes of Netflix's Mindhunter, um, it is excellent. You should watch it. It's about. It's based off a nonfiction book, which has been adapted into the Silence of the Lambs, kind of. Isn't this uh, David Fincher's directing? He direct. Right? He just directed the first two. I think he directed three episodes total, but he directs the first two, which is actually a great little pilot. Um, and uh, his the the use of the Talking Head Psycho Killer is about where I. I fell in love with the show um it's very and it's also kind of procedural too even though there's a good overarching story going on as well but the 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 third and fourth episodes both have like a case of the week thing that they get pulled into while they're still trying to develop this um technique of interviewing serial killers to try to understand them better i was actually gonna start this like if i had time before we all started this Mm-hmm. I really it's, do um, see it. I, I believe this is... I don't know how real or how... I haven't dug into that yet. Or how... Um, how truthful. Yes, the, but I think it's... Yeah. I mean, I think the roots of like when this was happening, because it takes place in the early 70s in the FBI, I believe that's all true. Um, and that there was this team doing this sort of thing. But uh, it's, it's, it's very good. It's the, best, it's the best show I've watched on Netflix in a while, but I don't watch all of them like some people do i also watched the new noah bombback movie which also came out on netflix um wait what the Merowitz stories new and selected oh how was that wait that was it was that was a movie i thought it was actually no a it's, it's just show. a movie um if you like noah bombach you'll think it's fantastic it stars dustin hoffman adam sandler uh and ben stiller uh among a few other people um it's I don't really want to get into it. It's about they're all these they're all related, but all the siblings are half siblings. It's centered around they're all from the New York art scene or have left the New York art scene and are Dustin Hoffman's their dad is big in that and he's hoping to get back into it. Uh, I'm not doing a very good job of describing it, but the pacing and the humor just is very fast and furious in it. Um, Grace Van Patten, who I had never seen before, is quite good and uh really sells she makes these um she's gets sent off to college after the first scene but she's sending her dad adam sandler her short films which are all these like arty uh, borderline pornographic art (laughs) film things that are just hilarious and just really really well done and uh I, I think you said she's sending those to her dad yeah she's sending them to her dad and she's like naked and having oh simulated sex in them and stuff it's really funny <laughs> um but if you're noah bombach um is one of my is actually i was thinking about it he actually is one of my favorite working directors right now francis ha is probably my favorite movie he's directed with Greta Gerwig, who is also his partner, or was at least. I don't know if they're still together. Um, he also helped write Fantastic Mr. Fox, another reason I tune into him. But uh, I've enjoyed him ever since his first movie he wrote and directed was... I think he directed that. was this Kicking and Screaming uh, a long time ago. Wait, was that I the... I did not see Mr. That's the Will Ferrell song? No, no, it's a, diff- it's a different movie. Oh, because um, I've I seen that see one. Mr. <laughs> Yeah, I did not see Mr. Jealousy or this highball movie that he did, but ever since The Squid and the Whale came out, I've been a big, I've enjoyed every single one of his movies. While We're Young came out three years ago, it had Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, Adam Driver, and who's the big-eyed blonde, uh, she was in the Red Riding Hood movie. 
help me, Lauren. Oh, uh, Amanda Seyfried. Yes, yes. Seyfried? They that movie for the first two, three fourths of the movie was the funniest movie I saw this year, and then the finale of it like gets into this crazy um, documentary movie obsession thing with Ben Stiller's character and. Wait, wait, the making of the Myrids? No, no, no. Or? This is While We're Young, a movie from a couple of years back. While We're back. Young, okay, gotcha. And, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, I've always really liked him. And I would say While We Were Young, pretty much, even those, uh, the, the Myrowitz stories does have a pause for some actual decent drama in it. It keeps that pacing and, and ferociousness of While We're Young and Mistress America and Francis Ha had and uh, just continues to be really funny. Um, throughout, um, but I'd be—I don't know—I don't know if Noah Baumbach's tone and sense of humor is for everybody, but um, I sure did enjoy it. Uh, and then I also saw—nope, um, I did not see it. I listened to the new <laughs> Beck album quite a few times this week and weekend, and I am comfortable saying it's his best album since Midnight Vultures maybe even Odelay. Um it's a really really fun upbeat poppy album I sent these guys the video for Up All Night is what his the last single that was released and it's a really cool fun video as well um, it has a girl like dressed like a superhero kicking in people's ass and shit and saving her friend or something i don't know but um wait yeah, kicking she, ass she or like kicking Valkyrie in people's from... ass what she's kicking she's a. kicking a um but if you're a fan of beck at all he hasn't had an album in years where he released it straight up i believe his lo- what's morning phase I don't know if his, he released an album where he only released the sheet music of it and then people recorded <laughs> it on their own and put it on YouTube. Um, he did eventually release, and it was actually a really great album, he released a version of it where he had guest people do all the others, do the songs for him, but he wrote all of them. Um, I love Beck. He's one of my favorite artists, and I really love the new album, which is called Colors. I don't think I mentioned that. Um, and yeah, I think that will... Do it yeah, I had a me. friend who said it was the best album of his since since Guero, Guero, how do Guero, you say it? Yeah. So Guero. you guys have mentioned three different albums that it's the best since. Um, Guero is a lot more recent than Midnight Vultures, I would say. Mm. Um, and uh, but Guero is great too. I actually threw that on today uh, when I was hanging out with my students after school they like to hear upbeat music so i threw that on for them to listen to and i wanted to ask you before we left this section how hard was it for you for your write-up that you did this week for the uh like look back at 10 years Mm -hmm. how hard was it for you to do a top 10 list it was not hard at all i have a list i don't know if i could do that i just had i have those movies i have a letterbox list for myself of my top movies of all time Mm -hmm. and i was just able to pull out the top 10 um there was 10 within the last 10 years on my list so it worked out that way oh yeah um yeah um i guess that will wrap up what we've been watching and we will get to happy death day we should do some quick thoughts of what we thought um and then get into talking about the movie full spoilers, because um, I think this conversation is going to be a lot better if you could do it that way. So, um, John, don't uh, don't ramble. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Keep it Was, quick. When have I ever rambled before? Heinous accusation, um, sir. Heinous accusation. And you can, you can, since you're already on the clock, you can start. All right. Happy death day. Um, this movie was super derivative, really inconsistent, had some big plot holes and i loved it um i still found the characters compelling it's a classic redemption story that will be very familiar um it has that aspect of the (laughs) non-traditional good guy or the non-classically good-looking good guy who is obviously uh the better romantic half i guess i'll say compared to the main character's original romantic inclination or choice or whatever 
And so, yeah, I really... I, it's weird because for a movie that I liked so much, I'm not sure... I, I don't think I'd ever own this movie, but would I recommend people go see it in theaters? Um, Especially if you were looking for, like, a kind of low... A low-key... Because it is... I guess it is kind of a horror film, but it's really, if anything, a horror twist on an already done concept. And so as like a horror romantic comedy ish thing for Halloween, like a, like a low intensity Halloween film, I would recommend you go see it in theaters with maybe your significant other. Yeah. I feel like we might've seen different movies. Maybe. (laughs) I will say, I guess I'll go next. I will say that, To me, it felt like it was written by a guy maybe a decade ago who was spurned by a bunch of sorority girls. It's like, the characters were written so horribly. Who says biatch anymore? It's like, um, but yeah, it, like, I didn't, I did not enjoy it that much. I enjoyed, like, the first half. Not, like, all the characters sucked. The main girl, I will say, I liked the actress a lot. I thought she did a great job with what she was given but I didn't really like her character so much. Granted, you're not supposed to in the beginning. Like, you're supposed to hate her, and that's why you understand all these people could potentially want to kill her. So it makes sense in the story, but it's like once she starts kind of changing throughout, it's like, mm, I don't care. Um, yeah, I just I didn't enjoy it as much as John, clearly. Uh, one thing I, I want to throw out there that was kind of funny you mentioned, you thought it was written by like written like 10 years ago. Uh, it was first yeah. announced in 2007. Wait, so. seriously? Yeah, it should yeah, have been uh, updated. Megan Fox was attached to Star, uh, originally titled Half to Death, and it was to be produced by the one and only Michael Bay. Like, it felt kind of like a Mean Girls type thing. It's like, yeah, who? someone should have done a once-over on the script to update it. It, it did not work for the time. Like, he, it was like a lot of slut-shaming... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, do you want that? I will say yeah, just that's, not good. that's true. That's a very good point. Was it slut-shaming, or they was just the girls were mad about them sleeping with someone they were like? It though. felt like slut-shaming. I don't, I, I don't think that's... There's a difference between upset that they're having sex versus who they're having sex with. I mean, when you call someone a whore, it's slut-shaming. Yeah, but it's <laughs> slut-shaming in the, like, the lowest common way of slut shaming if she had slept with someone who she didn't want it if that if she had slept with someone who wasn't the guy she well if she didn't think she had or she even she if had kissed the guy that that other the main sorority girl liked she would not have been mad at her at all i don't think she was there was there was no judgment on her sexual provocation. i'm not saying necessarily all the characters were slut shaming each other i felt like it was written as someone who, like, it felt like we weren't supposed to like her because she was, like, open sexually. I don't. I, I, did I, did, I disagree. I think it was. I think it was purely just like a jealousy kind of thing. Not necessarily about again, like Zach said, about less about her going around being promiscuous and more her sleeping with or attempting attempting to sleep with one. Looks well, like she's a per, shitty person. Like, yeah, specific person. Oh yeah, she's definitely a bad person. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it wasn't slut shaming. It was just like. She's not a good person. Just that was. Well, yeah, I get it. I'm just saying I have a different opinion. I also have a different view on it. Right. So that's just me. Um, I I'm kind of in John's camp. It was. It's just dumb fun. Uh, I enjoyed it uh, greatly. Not like oh god, everyone needs to go see it immediately. But I was entertained throughout i thought the acting was fine um i saw the twist coming from like oh, a mile super, away su- that was my only real super, big complaint super pretty uh cool. um but overall just i enjoyed it and like john said the the redemption arc was kind of interesting um if not you know it's it's been done before but yeah i, I enjoyed it a lot i liked it more than all of you it sounds like john wrote that he loved it yeah but he also like wouldn't barely recommended people see it so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's kind of (laughs) weird 
Um, I said, see it with your significant other in theaters as a Halloween date. I did do that, and neither of us enjoyed it. Well, I agree with Lauren. The script felt uh, a little old or, or retrograde at times. I think that the the film actually did a good job at like paying off a lot of that a lot of the time. Uh, I'll get into that more in spoilers, but um, yeah, I just I like I said I was on board with it the whole time. The movie knew exactly what tone it wanted to hit at most every occasion. While I wish there was a montage right in the middle of the movie where. Um, this isn't too spoilery since the premise of the, the the log line for the movie would be Groundhog Day horror movie. She, when she starts investigating her own murder by repeating days over and over again, I wish the tone of the movie was maybe that a little bit more. Yeah, that was my favorite part of the movie. But I think they did a good job of giving everybody a little bit of everything at the same time as well. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I thought, like, I, th- I think the writing was a little inconsistent at the beginning, especially with her characterization, because depending who she was ta- talking to, she seemed less or awful or just kind of normal, um, which I guess is intentional as well. But th- so you can pay it off, so you can be on her side in the end. But. Um, She's, like, adapting to whoever she's around. If yeah. she's around shitty people, she's shitty. Mm-hmm. She's not, you know, she's I actually would really, shitty. after some of the things... I, don't, I felt like she was bad to everyone. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I, 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 I think the, the character that they wanted you to think she was the worst towards, I don't think the movie did a very good job of actually selling that. Um, but, uh... Who did you think she that was supposed to be? That would be spoilery. We can get into that. So, um, you have. Oh, okay. You yeah, have I know what you're three saying. recommendations and a middling. Probably don't see it, but yeah, it didn't I'm sound like you were of, hating it. But, I I enjoyed yeah. parts of it. It's just I have a lot of problems yeah. with it. Well, let's. Like I would, it gets like a five to six out okay. of ten. So I, passable, but not I give this like a great. Nah, yeah. that's barely passable. You need, a, you need a curve to pass 5 to 6 out of 10. Um, well, there's a curve because all you guys like it. Oh, no. Wait, that's not how a curve works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make your... <laughs> I'm not the teacher in this um, group, okay? Yeah, I'm like a solid B+. Plus. Like, I really, really liked it. I give out a lot of B pluses. I get judged for that, but I, I quite liked it. Yeah, so with that, we'll get into some spoilers. So spoilers? Sure. Spoilers. 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 Um, so the part where I was saying, since we were just talking about it, I thought the the actual killer, um, the the roommate, it turns out to be. Which, um, if I had, you said you guys predicted the twist. Like, yes, yeah. if I had, a, if well, if I had a hunch, it would have been her just by the way the actress was playing her yeah. scenes. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I was like, no, it can't be her because she wasn't even really that bad to her outside not eating the cupcake. That's all we really got to see. Yeah, but she was like, did they ever show her when she was going through the list? I feel like she was one of the only people I'm not who even wasn't sure if she was on she, the no, list, no, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. In the instant she, um, I was thinking about that later on, like when they were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as soon as they dropped the line, like, nobody knew how she got out, or the guy got out or whatever, like, which is right mm-hmm. before the twist. That's where I put it all together. But I think the twist was, like, really well executed, that you had a great little she gets revenge scene, and then uh, and then she wakes up. I, I love that. I love that beat, that she still wakes up the next day. And, yeah, uh, I thought that was it, pretty so I, when she mentioned something when she was visiting and trying to make amends with all of her uh, fr- friends or oh uh, God, acquaintances or whatever, part. when she had mentioned something in passing about wanting to hear all about this mystery man, yeah, the way, the way I thought it that was gave it go away was that somehow this guy who was actually pretty inconsequential to the story, but 
when she had mentioned this guy, this mystery man, I thought they were going to go along the path of, oh, somehow this um, insane criminal serial killer from their past or whatever has brainwashed or seduced her roommate. And now her roommate's been like actually kind of stalking her, trying to like getting good with her to enact her revenge or his version of her revenge or whatever this entire time. Um, so that's where I thought it was going to go, but it still made me realize, oh, it's totally, what was her name? Lauren? Was that the roommate's name? I don't know. Uh, Regardless, uh, it made me... I don't know. I feel like if it had been my name, I would have <laughs> Fair enough. held on um, to that it still information. Made me, sorry. It still made me realize that it was her, but even with knowing that, the way they had the happy ending and then her wake up again... Yeah, it was still really effective, even though I saw it coming. Yeah, I did enjoy how they did that and how she figured it out yeah. in the moment. Lori. Her name was Lori. The, um, the, the, I figured it out as soon as there was like, oh, there's some, like, crazy killer just in the hospital. It's like, oh, well, if they're mm-hmm. trying to point the <laughs> finger at someone who had no idea it was her birthday... And that was the whole point. It was supposed to be people who knew it was her birthday. Oh, I got so mad in that moment. Because I didn't think ahead. I was just like, seriously, are they going to be this stupid and just have it be a random person after all I this? appreciated that. I was kind of oh, excited so by angry. that. That it wasn't just some crazy... Then what's the point? It's like, it's just, it's too many coincidences. Like, on her birthday, someone yeah. not from the college shows up with the baby mask. Well, and then... It, yeah, and it has, just happens to be a serial killer. It has I, a little mobile thing that I was only yeah, exactly. I was only thinking about this later. The fact that she found the mask in the doctor's office and originally thought it was him, that connects back to the whole, oh, because Lori was also sleeping with him or whatever. And oh yeah, and so she was probably using it to like stash maybe a backup plan to blame him and frame, frame him. him. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, just for random reasons, people wanted that stupid mask. Um, school spirit like that's my question the biggest mystery of this movie for me was one what kind of name is tree <laughs> two what kind of college has a baby as their mascot a college that needs a creepy baby mask to be a killer so here, here's wasn't wasn't so her name like Teresa or something tree was yeah sh- i don't short. know i think yeah her dad said it at one point but it took me so long i was like what are they so saying to her the actual biggest so mystery weird. which is kind of frustrating, but at the same time, I didn't care as much, was, why is this happening? Why is she keeping, like... Oh, yeah, they even said that at one point. It's like, why is it happening to you? It's like, like yeah, why is it happening to her? I forget in the original Groundhog Day, did they mention something about why, or I forget the... No, there's nothing happens. He just It just starts happening, and then once he redeems himself, it stops. Well, okay, so I guess, yeah, I guess that's that aspect of, like... I don't know. I feel like that gets away with it because it's a comedy, but as a genre film, it's like when they mentioned it, I thought we were actually well, going to get think, an answer. I don't think that was important at all. Like, I, yeah. Oh, no. There was the, a lot the, of things that weren't important. The comparisons to Groundhog Day, which also, the mention at the be- at the end of the movie was also, I know it was really corny and really tongue-in-cheek, but I think it worked still. I um, loved, yeah, I loved it. But <laughs> I think the thing or the aspect of Groundhog Day that made it compelling and made it fine for the idea of, like, why is this happening, was this thought that you have this completely despicable character, and this is his curse. If he keeps living the way he's living, he's just not going to proceed with his life. And he views it first as kind of this, oh, it's a free pass, it's a hall pass to get away with anything I want. But then he slowly starts to see the monotony in it and how much of a burden it actually is to not live his actual life and so that's that aspect of the curse and the plot made it compelling and made it okay for me but the idea that no this the only thing really compelling tree to try to find her killer or try to progress and live her life is the fact that she's just going to keep on dying and she doesn't know if at a certain point she's going to run out of lives that whole aspect worked for me but at the same time you're not explaining the fact of why it's happening to her and that is kind of frustrating 
and she. If you're worried about that, like, that's so. Oh no! The least it it actually it actually is very much so, and I'll acknowledge that. But um, when you think back on it, and when I, or at least when I think back on it, and again, this is a very. It's a movie that shouldn't be super analyzed and just give it a super like a superficial kind of uh, reminiscence, reminiscent. Wait, what am I saying? Reminiscing, reminiscing, a superficial I reminiscing. <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense either. Ugh, I hate being foreign. Um, anyways, it should yeah. What did yeah? Did you we'll, just say we'll, we'll I hate being it. foreign? Um. <laughs> I don't know. It's still kind of bothered me, though, because it was like, and I will say the redemption part of her did still well, just, happen kind of naturally, although there were also kind of points where I was like, she kind of went from being intolerable to being suddenly like this sympathetic and this remorseful creature. And I was just like, but whenever we, she was being intolerable, she was putting on a facade. I mean, this is true, to, too. Yeah. To, to placate I her think, sorority I sisters. I want actually hold off, Ben. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I want to hear what Lauren know. has to say. I feel like she was kind of a bad person. The 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 make the redemption day. You mentioned something earlier. Oh, I thought it was awful. Like at that point, I just kind of the tone shifted, and it. I don't know. Just at that point, for whatever reason, I was taken out of the movie. I just didn't care anymore. I don't know why it just happened, but and it just felt so weird. Like it. Just the tone shift. It didn't well, she fit fi- with the she rest figured of the movie. out. She thought she figured out the problem, so she's like, she was just happy. She was celebrating. She was. This is gonna be the last time she had to do this shit. It was so weird, though. It's like I don't know what her character just annoyed me a lot of the time. First, obviously, with her being a bad person, but then when she was like overly happy and perky, she was like running around smacking people's butts and doing all this stuff. It's like, what is going on with her? She medicated right now. <laughs> I think the, the I only part I like, just don't like where her. it just felt kind of odd to me was when she went into the diner with the guy for the first time, and she's just like burping, letting him rip, and it's like that's that's a <laughs> <Yeah>. little <laughs> that was a little like just one eighty all at once. The rest of it felt pretty organic to me. Like it was most of it was pretty earned. Shrug. You couldn't hear it, but I had a very big shrug. <laughs> there. Were- a lot of holes and a lot of inconsistencies, and I don't think the movie is very full of holes. What are these holes you're worried about? <laughs> they are. They're just <laughs> in her enough. body. Like I will say, I will say something. I think they could have done better is like that scene where they lay out like the the stakes. Like she can't really die that many more times. Like that should have been a. But that's yeah, just no, something she assumed. There's a sense of unknown. That's true. Then she kind of got. Then she kind of got she, But she was. She was she no. Died. Like every day, she woke up feeling worse and worse. I think they could have done a better job at selling. Well, I know, it, but, but it's not like it, it didn't feel like it added necessarily because you know the one day she woke up after getting hit with a mm-hmm. um, a baseball bat to the head, which the guy was left-handed, which I was not appreciative of. But uh, she woke up and so our vision was blurry. But then it's like the next time she woke up, it was back to normal. So it was kind of weird. How like I guess injury upon injury compounded her situation, but it, it's, sometimes it didn't feel. I mean, that they could have done a little bit better. It's like she'd come up, wake up, cracked her neck. They, they could have done a little bit better job of. St- I agree with that, but I think that scene, like that's one. I think the only part that I I'm, I could really pick at the film is like I feel like they could have just done a little bit, gone a little bit further with. And again, I think it goes back to tone, the jokes, like that scene of them. He's like, oh, you just have these like three or four awful looking injuries. Like they could have like made it a little more specific. I don't know how you do that, but um, I felt like that was a little missed opportunity for a really funny scene, and it could have gotten into. They could have talked about stuff we hadn't seen to expand the time a little bit even more, because where this movie, I think, runs through all of the redemptive arcs, it doesn't obviously do as good a job as selling it as uh, Groundhog Day did um, which is a very high bar to leap over but um, I just it felt so forced because we had to go through like her talking to all these different people it's like can't it just be like an internal thing she I learns didn't, about I didn't herself feel like it we was actually forced. have to see I will all this say, I still sort of had that feeling and I remember I remember this so profoundly more so than even Groundhog Day but it was kind of like akin to almost a Christmas Carol when 
Scrooge wakes up and he's so thankful and so overjoyed that I remember having that kind of feeling and that kind of sympathy and empathy for that character to feel like their trajectory of life was completely in one direction and then to be given that second chance. And I don't, again, I felt so compelled by that. A lot of the payoffs that I'm talking about that worked, I mean, some were silly, like when she ran into the guy who was like, you haven't answered my tech. Like, I, well, I was laughing oh my to myself. I'm like, oh, sorry, oh that, that is, that's so sad. They got this gay guy to play this actor. This, this, he's supposed to be some macho. I was like, this is clearly a gay man trying to act like he's a beefy college stud guy. And then it ends up paying off. Like it was all part of the joke. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that I, yeah, from him you, at all. Your gaydar is way better than either. us, Zach. Oh, yeah. So, and I was like, oh, there was that payoff. It's like, if, if he was gay, would he really care that she wasn't answering well, his texts? trying text? to figure it out. It wasn't, no, it's I was not implying I knew Come the, on. I was not talking about how I knew the character was gay. <laughs> I didn't think the character was gay. Oh, see, that's I what like, I thought you were the saying. The actor clearly seems like a gay man who has been miscast Why? as passing a straight. That's what, that okay, that, the vibe that seems judgmental, getting. Zach. But, <laughs> I feel, I feel like you're jumping to conclusions there. <laughs> exactly the joke that they were going for. So I, it, See, that was one of the moments, that payoff during the montage. I wish we had had more of that. I just love mm-hmm. the montage so much. It's like her just showing up like fully decked out in camo paint on her face <laughs> with night vision goggles. Yeah, Where hilarious. did she get I, this stuff? That was the stuff I loved. So when we got into the other tone stuff, it just I didn't like it as much because I enjoyed the yeah, high comedy. Fair. I mean, that's, like, that's fair. I the think they, they really paid off like the food obsession with the, the sorority leader. Um, so, okay. I, I hated that. Like, it's just I'm kind of frustrated by that because it's like there weren't any like you'll got you guys will all say differently because you like the main character, but I didn't feel like she was that great of a person in the beginning. It's like there were no good female characters in this movie other than maybe let's see, the K pop girl. She didn't get to say anything though, so her and like the chubby girl who was no, quote was unquote chubby. chubby. It's like those were our t- I know she's not, but in the movie, she was supposed to be chubby or whatever. And like, first of all, why does this girl hate chocolate milk so much? You don't back off the chocolate milk. It's delicious. But it's like, I just, I hated how all these girls were portrayed. There were no good females in That's, this movie. Do you want, that is, a, I guess, a strong point. But then I, I wasn't talking about the, necess- that was good. Like when she stood up for the friends, but I appreciated that, but at the same time, I, I just, just thought the joke at the very point. end, like, cause she, that, that's the main sorority character was rubbing me the wrong way, partially because she like did the retard joke thing twice, which is like yeah, really, really retrograde. That was the worst part of the movie I've, by I far. I completely missed um, that joke. What it- What do you, t- she, ta- she started talking She's, like she, she was spoke. retarded to him, like twice to her. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, it was really bad. Um, which also... It was when she was in her mm-hmm. um, room before which, the when party. When she was wearing her dress. On one of them. Um, See, I didn't, I didn't... No, it was like a top. I didn't think that was like she was being retarded. I think she was being someone who was deaf. Because she was like doing fake sign language, too. Well, it, it, either way, it, it was either offensive. Either way, it was still offensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which made think, me... Which was... kind of made me doubt whether the, the rape joke, when... They were in which uh, when the killer when she went up to sleep with the friend at the the fraternity house on the second night, and the 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 drunk frat dude walks in and like cheers it on. Like I'm not sure if that was like really edgy humor or really bad humor. That was dumb. I don't remember rape. So so when she's being attacked. And the dude comes in. Yeah, but the joke preceding that, where the guy gets killed in the background and she can't hear it, was fucking hilarious. <laughs> that I will. That was really. That was done well. Oh yeah, that was the. What was it called? <laughs> Welcome to the the pleasure dome yeah. or something. That was fantastic. <laughs> I didn't feel that was a rape joke so much as he just thought they were having sex. He's, but she's well, she was screaming. This, she, she was screaming. She was screaming help for me. help. You don't know what kind of stuff he gets into when he's having sex. I, I... <laughs> but I, it just reminded me what they did that in Urban Legend. Uh, they did that kind of thing in Veronica Mars. It's okay. a common thing to do in horror um, films. And stuff the, but like the this. thing I think they paid off the best. Sorry, John. Um, was 
the whole redemptive, the big scene of the redemption scene, I mean, it was mostly a montage until they got to her dad. And I think they did a great job of like threading in her feelings and with her dad throughout the whole movie. And then we got to see the big payoff at the very end. And I think they did a good job of paying off characters and then not really trying to bring them back into it on every single day outside of um, the cute freshman she slept with, sleeps with guy. I just thought they did a good job of like, all right, and we're done with this character story. Let's keep moving on. And they didn't try to do too much with everything. I thought that was a nice scene with her dad. Though I found it interesting that they cast... The dad kind of looks like the mask of the killer. And I was like trying, thinking like maybe they're going somewhere with this. Keep making connections, but, but, I don't but see. They, but they didn't, obviously. And I thought it was interesting how in the, like I said, I wasn't on to the fact that it was the friend was the killer until she woke up the next day is right when I put it all together, obviously. But that when he was talking so much, when he was trying to kill her, like it crossed my mind. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Why is he talking so much? Because... He wanted, He hasn't done that the whole time. And then, like I said, it was a nice... When the twist happened, I was like, oh, that's why. Clever little stuff like that. Oh, no, I was into it. Or they were just not talking because it was a horror film and we weren't supposed to know But I think that was obviously... That was, that, was, that was supposed to be a little, a little tell in there if you hadn't um, picked up on it yet. So one thing I did also <laughs> want to talk about was kind of the aspects of this that did try to parody and satire college life especially sorority and greek life um because there are parts where i felt I mean, like it was, it was it was extremely stereotypical what is there else to say no yeah it? and there was but like i said it felt like the writer was spurned by a sorority girl and he hates yeah, everyone but i think that was very now. intentional i mean it wasn't supposed to be a do realistic we, it doesn't mean do you feel great. like i, don't oh, I, I like know it I'm, i know i'm just saying i don't i wasn't i wasn't it didn't i thought it was very stereotypical and not that interesting too but i think it was the intent and it didn't bother me that much it was um uh i agree i would have liked to have maybe some more full flushed out characters but it was just poking fun and it didn't take any of it too seriously so i that's why it did not bother me that's all i'm saying so it's interesting because i was thinking about that and again trying to see if there's any more depth to it beyond portraying stereotypical college life or whatever um, I kept comparing it back in my mind to Scream Queens and the first season of Scream Queens and that whole kind of dynamic. Oh, I like well, I feel so like those more. characters were far more fleshed out. And again, it was all the bits of commentary was were a bit more obvious and intentional. But it's interesting that one of the very first, or I guess the second time she dies, she has that interaction with Danielle where she decides not to have sex or whatever with Nick, Danielle's boyfriend or whatever, because she feels like... I don't think they were dating. I think she just liked him. Well, in any case, she decided not to let things go further because she said, oh, this guy means, like, I don't want this to get in the way of our friendship. So there was a sense of her having some values or some Yeah, she just didn't have sex with him because when she got up there, he was super weird. Okay, fair enough. There's that as well. Um... (laughs) But then, it's like, did you see the dancing? <laughs> the pleasure. <laughs> I don't know about you, but. <laughs> uh, but then there was that part at the end where she's screaming at Lori once you have that reveal that Lori is actually the person who's um, been sto- been trying to kill her. Um, that Lori's been doing it for a guy as well. And that was, I will give credit to the writing there. That was a good moment. When she said, "You really? This is all about a guy or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess like a little bit of tongue-in-cheek humor about those stereotypical kind of dramas or whatever that always get centered around sorority girls or sort the sorority atmosphere in fiction, I guess. Um, but it also made me- Which, P.S., had you kicked your roommate out a window, you would not be at a diner like 10 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, the, there was one plot hole, Zach. I was worrying like, about how reality. Was a person of interest Did she in put a knife to an officer's throat and stole his gun? She would not hey, be she, home that yeah, night. That was a she, she murdered the killer. Didn't the officer Doesn't die? Matter. And then they got she to, they get to, they got to have their uh, they got their little sixteen candles moment in the little. And she doesn't. The police don't know what happened. She could have let him out just so she could kill him. 
It's like there, you there's guys are a lot thinking of way me- like, too much about this. I just uh, here's why I will say Israel was that his name Israel something the guy Carter the Israel Brossard or something yeah Carter I think the actor's name he did an awesome that job. guy's really good I I, get yeah, I thought he did a good job kind of a derivative role and kind of stereotypical but still very compelling and so I loved him I don't think he came across as stereotypical no I uh, mean well I think. I did appreciate that at one point they did finally throw in that he didn't sleep with her because in the beginning it's like, yeah. I'm not supposed to like this guy either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish she didn't like say I'm going to have all your babies after hanging out with them for like Yeah, that was days. weird. Like I said, there was this moment where she was like, it was bipolar. All of a sudden she was like manically happy about stuff. Well, she was not, she wasn't going to get murdered every day anymore. She was excited, man. Give her some, give her some credit. I know, but she went like weird. It's like, if this is the timeline you're going to continue on, maybe think about what you're doing right now. I liked her though. I hope she does more stuff. I, I really did enjoy oh, her. Oh no, for sure. Same thing with uh, Israel Broussard or whatever. I think he should yeah. hopefully be in more stuff. Lawrence, the wet blanket this week, but I think all of us would recommend you go see it. Yup, yup. Watch screen. Um, this is my kind of horror movie. It's not gory. It's okay, fun. Would we, would we say it's a horror movie though? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It's not scary, but it it's is. intended to be. So. I mean, I heard plenty of. I was like the only guy with a bunch of teens and. Tw- young 20 something year old girls in my movie theater they there was plenty of girls shrieking and some girl was fucking taking pictures of the goddamn movie screen during the oh, t- oh god sounds like yeah, something John i hate would do. audiences i wish i could just rent out a theater whenever i have to see a movie to see it by myself usually it's good usually it is good but for me but that was bad no i swear that girl next to me it's like maybe it was just because i was watching a movie where a girl kept getting killed and killed and killed but it's like i was about to murder that little girl next to me <laughs> Like, she's one of the worst behaved kids I've ever sat next to in a movie theater. It's like, I thought the group of high school girls was going to be the worst part because they wouldn't shut up. But no, this girl next to me was awful and her mom just let her continue to be the worst person imaginable. Imaginable. Anybody have anything else on death day? Go see it. Hap- so did you finally figure out that it was her birthday? Yeah. <laughs> that was so weird that they changed the song for the trailer of her ringtone. Did they really? I mean, it was super fucking annoying in the the movie. No, the movie song was terrible. Ugh. But it was, it was the. I wish we had gotten. I just, you'd think that in one of the times she was going through this day, maybe just answer your phone in the beginning of the day, see what happens. It was her dad. She cannot want to talk to dad. Well, maybe he he could have been. What if he was the killer and not answering the phone was the last straw? <laughs> well, that's why his face looked like a small little baby, uh, <laughs> scrunched up baby mask. Poor they were supposed guy. to have to have us on our toes. Um, so, we did a scary movie for October, and we're gonna hopefully do another creepy movie next week uh, with the snowman. Woo! I'm so excited. What, you don't want to see Geo Storm? <laughs> I no, I will be seeing Geo Storm, <laughs> but we're going to talk about the snowman. Okay. Which congratulations to him for getting married. Oh yeah, to Alicia Vikander, robots mm-hmm. loving each other. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> wait, tweet. That was wait, pretty what? good. <laughs> he and Alicia Vikander Fast got married. Fassbender and Alicia Vikander got married. Those were like two of the most attractive people on the planet. Yeah, their Which babies are going to be super yeah. attractive. <laughs> They're going to yeah, have some nice babies like and super, super talented babies. too. If, if they want babies, guys, calm down. That's true. <laughs> If they have babies, they'll be very attractive. Okay, just as a member of the human race, if those two don't procreate and create further, like, attractive human beings, I am going to be personally, personally offended. Uh, Yeah, that's like, that's kind of like... By the time they're of age, you're going to be dead, so don't worry about it. That's kind of like, it's their, their duty to humanity. It's like... No, guys, the duty to humanity is not to keep overpopulating. Yeah. Well, if they're super, uh, super uh, attractive uh, people. uh, (laughs) They're so attractive. Yeah, but I mean... But 11 years difference Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt Uh. had way too many kids for everyone else. We don't need all the attractive people. They adopted most of their kids. (laughs) They had a couple. (laughs) Um, They're actually helping the problem. Don't give them trouble. It was a Um, joke. (laughs) Slow your roll. Poor premise. Um, Like this movie. The snowman... 
uh, go see it if you want to be in on this conversation. Well, they don't need to see the movie to be in the conversation about marriage and children and stuff. Well, the snowman conversation. Uh, I'm so excited so, for this movie. You guys don't get it. Okay. I'm predicting John is... it is as excited as you are for this one to say you it. love it, but maybe don't see it? <laughs> no, because I, I wasn't really excited to see this movie. The snowman, I am stoked. So, the snowman. See it, and come join us again next week. I guarantee next week someone, John, is going to start singing Do You Want to Build a Snowman at some point? No, now that you told him to do that. Well, he, I wasn't I'm surprised he didn't sing this episode. He always sings. Um, I mean, I always sing. I do always sing. You always sing. Uh, my name is Zach Oldenburg. You can find me at Zach Oldenburg on Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can find our writings at middleofrow.com. I'm Ben. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at the Grigsby Bear, or you can follow us on Facebook at Middle of Row. I'm John. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J, and the J is just the letter. And you can also follow us on Twitter at middle of row hashtag nova and i'm lauren you can find me on twitter at beware of trees and you can find us on tumblr at middle of okay the snowman next week and remember the best seats are in the middle of the row <laughs>